Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Danny Schroeder is a bridge engineer at a private consulting firm in Pennsylvania. She graduated from Drexel University in 2017 with both her bachelor's and master's in civil engineering and is the first engineer in her family. Since 2019, Danny has been a STEM content creator as Danny the Engineer to share tips for success in STEM. More recently, Danny created STEM Changemaker, where she is working to expand the face of engineering one post at a time. She holds society leadership positions for both American Society of Civil Engineers and Society of Women Engineers. For her work with these organizations and her extensive STEM outreach work, she was honored as one of ASCE's New Faces of Civil Engineering in 2021. And as we will hear, she will be featured in this year, in 2022, I should say, Reinvented Magazine Princess Calendar, Princesses with Power Tools Calendar. So we're going to hear all about that as well. Welcome to the Hazard Girls podcast, Danny. Hi, Emily. Thank you for having me on the podcast. So I was so excited to find out that you're actually from Philadelphia, where I am based, where we're based. So I thought, oh, how did we not do this in person? But then I found out you're working from home. So next time, you, we have definitely got to do this in person. Did you grow up in Philly? Absolutely. Let's do this again in person. To answer your question, uh, or for the next time, to answer your question, uh, I grew up in Jakintown, which is about 30 minutes from Center City, Philadelphia. Yeah. So I mean, for all intents and purposes, that is Philly, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Philadelphia area. Right. Yes. Cool. So now is your family a STEM family? Did you grow up around like a lot of engineering and science? Actually not. I'm the first engineer in my family. My mom is a elementary school teacher and my dad is a carpenter. Oh, so your dad is in the trades. Yes. Yes. So definitely connection there. We always say STEM and trades because they're so, you know, they're so inter interspersed and connected. Absolutely. And I, I saw that you're in the Hazard Girls group now. We just had this discussion last week about what did your parents do for a living and how close is that to what you do for a living? And so many people talked about how... What they do, they, they thought that what they did wasn't very close to what their parents did. But then like the more we talk about it, like the more you realize, oh, it's actually not that far. So when you say carpenter, that does that leads me to believe like maybe he influenced you in some ways. And, and so do you feel like your parents did influence you? Oh, absolutely. So when I ever talk about my engineering origin story, my story starts at home literally. Mm-hmm. My, my dad, being a carpenter, actually built the house that I grew up in. Oh. So many people can't really say that, or most, most people, that's not very often you hear that. Yeah. So I learned about the construction process from a really young age. However, I didn't really learn about engineering specifically until I attended an engineering girls camp during my third year of high school or junior year of high school. I learned about science, math. I had many of those classes and I really liked those classes, but I never really heard about engineering until I went to that, that camp. 
And I need to know, so I have an eight-year-old and she loves engineering. I need to know what camp this is. Yes. So this is the engineering girls camp at Widener University. Oh, So greater Philadelphia area. Mm-hmm. And at that camp, they show all the different kinds of engineering because there are so many different fields within engineering that you can go into. But so at this camp, I got to pick a bunch of different labs to do. And the ones about civil engineering were the ones that I absolutely loved. And then kind of, you know, looking back at that, I realized that, you know, math, science and construction and the application of math and science through problem solving is that perfect matrimony in civil engineering. So it kind of worked out. And this engineering girls camp gave me that perfect application to really see that, yes, all of this coming together was what I wanted to study in school and then eventually becoming a civil engineer, which I am now. So I don't I'm going to speak for myself as a mom here, but I love that camp had that much of an effect on you because, you know, a lot of times we sign our kids up for these things and we're, we're just like, you know, have our fingers crossed, hope they like it, hope it, hope they get some benefit out of it. But it's wonderful to hear that, you know, you did this summer camp program in engineering and it actually influenced the entire trajectory of your career, ended up having such a big influence on, you know, on, on your, not only your profession, but on, on all the things you're working on. By the way, was that just like a, a whole summer and an overnight or was it? It was actually just a one day experience. So really going back to that of like how impactful one experience could be. But like, I should also talk about beyond the labs, there were current engineering students at that school that were helping with the labs as well as, you know, professionals already in the engineering field. So I also had like great conversations with folks that were at that camp as well that definitely reinforced it, which was really awesome too. And did you, was it mostly, was it, was there a mix, I should say, of women and men and girls and boys? It was, it was all those that identify as women, which was really awesome oh, to okay. see how many, how many folks were there. And I think this is, Widener has been doing this for like over 20 years now. I think the last time they did it was virtual, but like they've had this for many years. So they continue to grow it and continue to expand how awesome of a annual camp it is with that one day experience. That's incredible. And I think it's so important to see other women and girls doing those types of things to know that it's an option for you. Absolutely. Yeah. I I love to go by the quote, you can't be what you can't see. So Mm -hmm. seeing both that stage college students as well as past college and graduated and being an engineer in the field is just so valuable and was so valuable for me when I was, you know, a junior in high school, getting to see all these fantastic women. And I love that you call it your engineering origin story, because I mean, you know, when you say origin story, you know, those of us who know anything about <laughs> comics know that that's where that comes from, right? So, yes. and we are all superheroes. Uh, you know, women in STEM and traits are superheroes for, for doing the work that they do. So I love that you're calling it that. And then, so tell us, that's how you decided to go forward and study and co- study these subjects in college and do engineering in college? Yeah. So as I said, I, through that class or through that engineering camp, I learned that civil engineering was the perfect major for me. So went through the college application experience, had civil engineering as my major, ultimately chose Drexel University to go to for college. And then once I was at college, I learned much more about civil engineering and that there are, as I like to say, many different industries you can go into within that umbrella of civil engineering. Mm -hmm. So me personally used both my classes and co-ops to find out what I liked and what I didn't like within my civil engineering umbrella. So like tried water resources as one of my co-ops, realized I didn't want to become a water resource engineer within civil engineering, did 
more geotech classes, realized I didn't really want to go into geotech. And then ultimately through all of that and my five years in college, I realized that I wanted to go into the transportation industry. And for the last four years, I've been working as a bridge engineer in the transportation industry, working on bridges and other transportation related structures. So interesting. So Okay, so you were at Trexel, and you said five years. Yes, you might have to explain because you know, not you know, people that don't know aren't familiar with Drexel's program might not understand why your program is five years. That's fair. <laughs> Drexel has an option that you could do either a four-year program or a five-year program. With a four-year program in my field of civil engineering, you would only be able to do one co-op in your four years. With a five-year program, I was able to do six or sorry, three six-month co-ops mm-hmm. within the field while I was still in school. And that was incorporated into my program. And then to add on to that, I decided to do the BSMS or Bachelor of Science, Master of Science Accelerated Degree Program. So I did a lot of things squished into those five years at Drexel. Oh, so you got your master's as part of that five years. That's impressive. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, because I, I love the Drexel co-op program because it allows you to actually go get work experience and, and not just like a few weeks. It's like a, it's a long program. So you get a lot of work experience instead of focusing just on classes for those co-op periods. And the, the students' work is so great. As I was telling you before, we have had several interns from Drexel. They're top-notch. I love Drexel University. We're big fans here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really awesome. And like, as I learned through my co-ops, really learning what's how the classroom relates to the, as I like to say, the boardroom mm-hmm. of like that theory that you're learning in classes. How does that translate into deliverables and projects that you'll be working in the quote unquote real world? And I've really loved that to find out what I liked and what I didn't like. Yeah. I mean, where else could you get that? That's that's wonderful. So, okay. So, is, and, and was your job that you got at the private consulting firm that you're working at now, was that one of your co-ops? It was, yes. So my second of three co-ops actually was, ended up being that full-time job. So it even can lead to something like that, that it can go from that, Mm -hmm. as I like to call a co-op or an internship is essentially an extended interview where you can find out if you like that company as well as that company can see if they like you and want to offer you a job offer full-time, which happened to me and can happen to many other folks. Okay, so bridges. You're building bridges. You're in the transportation industry. Now I'm in I'm in the transportation industry too, but a totally different area, trucking. <laughs> so, but I'm really interested because I love the story of Emily Roebling. I've always found her so inspiring. Um, is she one of your role models? She is, but I'll be honest, I didn't learn about her until like very late into college. Uh-huh. That I, I never really heard of her story and really which you would think, you know, being close to New York and the Brooklyn Bridge, like you think that would have came up a little bit earlier, but I mean, isn't that the whole isn't that the whole problem with women's history that it's just not shared enough, right? Oh, absolutely. Yes. So it's not not as not as known. So yeah. yes, she is definitely one of my role role models in, in the field. Another role model to kind of go off topic, but I actually know Alma Foreman, who is actually the first woman to graduate from Drexel with a civil engineering degree. And she is a fantastic woman. And like hearing some of the stories that she's had and her fantastic career in civil engineering. So I have many role models within the field that are women, which is awesome to have. That's so cool. Well, that was not off topic because that was my next question. So <laughs> it's perfect. So what? tell me a little bit more about her though. What, what sort of work does she do? So she went into more of the academic field. Mm-hmm. So she became a professor, but she would always tell us about her stories of, again, when 
being the first woman to graduate with a civil engineering degree from a school, there are definitely not many women in your field yeah. by any means in your classes. So Do you know what, what decade this was? Oh, 60s, maybe? I think I think the 1960s. Yes, mm-hmm. that sounds sounds about right. But I distinctly remember the story of her telling us that when she would go to the, the shop room or the machinery room, it was through the boys locker room because mm-hmm. that's how things were set up. So she told us that she had to sing a certain song. She'll be coming around the mountain to open the door and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm coming through. I got to I got to get to the, the machine shop. You know, I need to go there. So things like that, that that she had to, to deal with during her time. Wow, that's that's amazing. The in, the energy, I mean, the imagery that comes to mind when you think of like it sounds like it has to be a movie. Like yeah. someone needs to make a movie of her life, and that needs to be <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I wanted to. Well, I would for okay. First, I want to ask you a little bit about what you're actually doing with in, in civil engineering. Is it is it mostly in in an office, working in an office, or do you get to go out to the sites and physically be there? Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So for the role that I do, I would say I'm about 80% in the office or working from home. And then that remaining 20% would be in the field, whether I'm doing more site visits specifically Mm -hmm. or doing bridge inspection work as well. For the, in the office, it's, you know, working on plans, designing different things. As you already know there's many bridges that exist already so there's a lot of work that and projects that I'm working on that are more like how can we extend the life of this bridge rather than we're starting from absolute scratch so for one of the specific projects that I've worked on is the Burlington Bristol Bridge which mm-hmm. is like a vertical lift bridge so that lift span moves up and down like an elevator so I worked on designing retrofit plates and a lot of different things and putting together these plans in CAD or computer aided design while I was in the office. And then once, you know, the design was submitted and approved and all of that, I did get to go out in the field and do some site visits to check that that design is actually, you know, what we designed on paper is actually being put out in the field. So it's a mix of both, but I think what I picked and kind of what I like is a good portion of mine being in the office, but still getting site visits to to kind of reinforce what I'm designing in the, in the field when it goes to construction. And I have to mention, because we did kind of briefly mention it in your intro, but you were the American Society of Civil Engineer, New Faces of Civil Engineering honoree. Is that my saying that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. You were one of the new faces. I think, I think you were one of the new faces of civil engineering. <laughs> that, that probably makes more sense. Uh, in 2021. And that's quite an honor. I know you said Chloe Garrios, who we interviewed on our first season, was also selected, which is so cool. We love seeing, you know, all the success that you ladies are having and sharing all this knowledge and excitement about STEM to a wider audience. What was that like? I mean, did you expect to, to receive that recognition? Yes. So that's a great <laughs> question. I did expect it because there is an application that you have to put in for it. Okay. So both Chloe and I and many other folks put in applications and we were the same cohort year. So there mm-hmm. was, there's, there's, up to 10 folks chosen every year for that new Faces of Civil Engineering honor. And it is an absolute honor to be part of that. And it's really cool because kind of going back to what we were talking about, about Emily Roebling, this honor talks about our engineering story so far from origin to what we're doing now. So it really gives that 
current generation or the next generation that's going to be studying civil engineering, hopefully role models, but even just stories to hear of like, oh, that's how they connect it. Kind of like what you were talking about with the the Facebook community of how they connect it, what their parents do and how that really has had an influence on the career that they chose, like showing all those different things and how like, oh, they, you know, didn't, they're the first engineer in their family. So I can do that too. So really giving mm-hmm. folks like that, that background. And, and what is it exactly? Is it a program where you're meeting regularly and you, and you're actually like, do you have, do you have opportunities to get together and work on projects or is it more of something just like an honor and then you can like use it as you wish? So it's more of that ladder. Yeah. Many of the, especially the the current cohort that we have of those 10 professionals, most of them I'm honored to say that I know and, mm-hmm. and are friends with, especially whether it's in person or on the social media, like Chloe, like Chloe and I know each other through social media. Maybe one of these days we'll finally be able to meet in person. Yeah. We informally can kind of meet, but it's more of that honor and that recognition of this is some of the generation and new new faces in terms of the younger leadership that is in the field of civil engineering. Well, so you have a, you have an Instagram with a following, Danny the Engineer, and probably some other social media channels too. Can you tell us a little bit about that why you decided to, you know, to start that internet personality, if you will, and what you're hoping to achieve through that? Sure. Yes. So on most social medias or mediums, I am on there as Danny the Engineer and I mm-hmm. started those in most of them in 2019, to really kind of what we're kind of doing right now of share my story as well as share tips that I learned along the way. As I mentioned before, I am the first engineer in my family. So I had to learn a lot of things about networking and the engineering field and building that network all on my own and through you know trial and error. So I really created them to kind of just share what I've learned so far, especially in terms of like the career development side of like mm-hmm. how to write a resume, how to go to career fairs, especially career fairs that are focused on the STEM side of things, how I can help the next generation on their journeys by sharing my story. So that's that's mainly what I do with my Danny the Engineer content throughout social media. I love that. And speaking of Speaking of, you know, being a role model and being able to share your story with a younger generation, we know that you are going to be in the reinvented magazine Princesses with Power Tools calendar coming up for 2022, which is how we connected with you through Kaylee Looney um, of Reinvented Magazine. And so we are really excited to see that calendar. It's a calendar that features women in STEM and trades, and they're each woman in the calendar is dressed up as some sort of princess of some sort, but showing that she can also have her power tools and do her career. So it's like the, the you know, hashtag, Chloe, you know, Chloe Garris is hashtag, you can be both. Um, it's, it's that whole vibe. And we want to hear all about it. So why don't you tell us, tell us what you're going to be doing? What, what are you going to be in the calendar? Sure. So I am one of, I'll say one of the newer princesses that has come around and my story is featured in like the Star Wars kind of franchise. And Mm -hmm. as a civil engineer and talking about Star Wars, we're talking about forces. Use the force is is, is a very common part. So I took the Star Wars world and kind of created, okay, well, what if there was a civil engineer and a bridge inspector in this field? 
what would they do? So I took forces and talked about forces are very important to what I do as a civil engineer. So dead loads, like the weight of a bridge and other things. We've got live loads, like weights of cars, pedestrians, all of these things that are moving. And then also loads like nature loads, like earthquakes, snow, lots of different things. So taking that story and putting that together. And I'm just one of 12 fantastic women and non-binary individuals focused in this calendar. And everyone is talking about what they do in their job and relating it to either a princess that we grew up hearing about their story or more of the more recent superheroes or princesses all in that field, just talking about what they're doing and relating it to these stories in their own way, which is really cool. So cool. So I imagine that this was a big photo shoot, right? So I'm sure you have more than one. So in the calendar, is it just the one picture featured for each princess? Yes. Yes. So each of each of the princesses did their own photo shoot, whether if folks could get into their actual office or into the field with it, they did. So there's many folks that are on in, in the field with their costumes or uh, attire, princess attire. But mine was more outside at, uh, with a bridge in the background. So that was the main photo. But every princess has one photo that is in the calendar. Mm -hmm. But there's definitely many more that have been taken as part of that photo shoot, which was cool. Yeah. And have you been able to share any of those yet? Are, are you waiting? Yes, we were. So we were allowed to share share them so far. Cool. And the calendar is coming out, I believe, Friday. Well, so by the time this podcast airs, it's, it's going to be another week or so, I think. So the, po- the calendar will be out. So if if you are listening, please check it out. It's at Reinvented Magazine's website, right? Yes. If you go to reinventedmagazine.com, it'll be one of the first things that you see on there where you can either buy a calendar for yourself or you can donate it to a school. One of the awesome things that Reinvent It and Kaylee and her fantastic team do is they also have a donation program to send calendars to educators in schools or schools in general to have, uh, you know, again, we were talking about this, the representation of talking about women in STEM and trades in this mm-hmm. history of being able to show that visibility. So they also have that program where you can buy it yourself, but you can also donate it to a school, which is awesome as well. Yeah, that's so smart. So even if you you don't use a calendar or you're not the type of person that would have a princess calendar in your house, <laughs> you can buy one for someone else. <laughs> so that's perfect. And I, and I understand that those are limited. So if you're interested in getting one, I'd hurry up and do that before they run out. But I need to know, like, what did it feel like when you dressed up <laughs> in this costume? I think it, it was it was definitely something I was not used to. Uh-huh. I, I don't think I've really uh, dressed up other than for Halloween for the most part. But it was once I was in the attire and thinking about what this is, this calendar is going to mean for, you know, that student in school to be able to see a character in a movie or series that they absolutely love and being able to translate that to a career field that they might want to go into, I feel like is so powerful. So I kind of just like took all of that in and used that as uh, as part of the, the photo shoot. And I hope that shows through of, of the photo that's in the calendar. That's so awesome. I love it. And I love that, you know, it's not just for it's not just for little girls. I mean, as grown <laughs> at all, I mean, right. As a grown woman, I know I definitely want, like, I'm going to buy two because I want one for myself and for my daughter. And I'm thinking about getting one for my son too, because I think that, you know, boy, it's important also for boys to see 
that, you know, there are so many different possibilities for women. Don't put women in a box. And I like to think that I've, I've raised my son to the point where he wouldn't do that, but it's always good to have a reminder, right? Yes. Oh yeah. That's definitely because of, as I like, it's getting much better, but the lack of rep- representation that we have of when you think, I, I go back to like television of like, when you think of women in STEM on television, maybe you think of like medical dramas usually mm-hmm. is what you usually think of. So we want to really expand that representation of women in STEM to show that you can be, show your true personality, show the more feminine side, if that's what you would like to, but also be technically competent in your field. So just matching those two things together, I think is very important and definitely part of the point of this calendar. Yeah. And I think that's, that is another point that, that reminds me of that I wanted to bring up is that for, to be a princess, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a frilly princess. Like there could be, your idea of a princess could be a warrior or, no, really anything. So it's really each person's individual interpretation of, of the princess, right? Yes. And you'll see that through the princesses that are part of there. We think of our like older classical princesses that are also represented, but some of our new ones, like my, specifically my princess attire was not a dress. It's mm-hmm. a different, different kind of costume to kind of go with the, the franchise that I'm part of. So cool. All right. Well, where can our listeners find, we said where they could find the calendar. We'll mention that again, but where can they find you, Danny? Sure. So I am on most social medium as Danny the Engineer. Primarily, I use Instagram, but I am on most social media. But beyond that, I do have uh, a website, uh, stemchangemaker.org, that you can find me on as well. Oh, that is what I meant to ask you about. Thank you for reminding me. So tell us about stemchangemaker.org. Sure. One, it's it's kind of two parts, I should say. The first part of it is it really started when I started my social media in 2019 to be where I housed my blog. So mm-hmm. there's only so much that you can put on social media in terms of, you know, post size and such. So yeah. I created a blog on there to, you know, further talk about things. So like talking about writing your resume, I can talk about a little bit and put it into content, but really having a place where I can add links and kind of, you know, expand upon those through blog posts. And then more recently with stemchangemaker.org, I have expanded it to kind of expand the face of STEM in general, because there are so many career paths that you can go into in STEM. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now I'm, I'm getting stories of other fellow STEM professionals or STEM students and finding out what they're studying. And I'm learning so much about it while I'm going through the process of like, there's so much you can do within the the bubble of civil engineering. So then expanding it to engineering and then expanding it even more to STEM overall. I've been learning so much about the different career fields and hopefully helping, you know, those kids like myself that are looking into STEM and want to see what they could go into. For example, and I think you've talked to someone recently about this, but like chemical engineering, you can go into working on cosmetics, like things Mm -hmm. like that, that like I didn't put those connections together when I was in high school. So helping folks, you know, expand what you can do in STEM by sharing stories of others. Yeah. You don't think of, if you're not familiar with them, if your family hasn't done it and you're not, it's, it's not something you grew up with, you might not realize that even food, like you know, food is a chemical engineering field. So yeah, there's, there's just so much you can do. And how would you know about it if, if you didn't hear about it from someone like you? So thank you so much for doing that, this work. And I don't know. I love having you on the podcast. I need to have you back in person next time. So yes. don't think you're getting out of that. We are neighbors, <laughs> just a few blocks. This is just a few blocks from each other. Thank you so much for all of your work. And 
We cannot wait to see the 2022 Princesses and Power Tools calendar by Reinvented Magazine. And are you allowed to tell us which month you are? Yes, they tried the best to represent our birthdays if we could. So my birthday is next month in December. So I will be the December month of the calendar. Amazing. Yeah. And thank you for this opportunity. I just want to say, Emily, you are doing awesome work here (laughs) with the podcast and then also the community that you have to really just show folks that are in these non-traditional fields or folks that want to get into these non-traditional fields that women can not only survive, but thrive in these fields. So thank you for all what you're doing. Thank you, Danny. That means a lot. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.